Coming to you from the Vow Exchange in Kansas City, Missouri. This is Catherine. And this is Amy. And you are listening to the I Do Rescue Podcast. Hello, uh, welcome back to ID Rescue, uh, episode 20. Yep, good morning yeah. world. And we're here with um, Amy Rizzo. Yes, and Catherine Hogan. And we're here to remind you guys that the ID Rescue is a podcast not for planning your wedding, but, but questioning the whole damn do you know, thing. Do you, know, do you know the oh, line, sorry, Ca- Sergio? <laughs> so <laughs> we're also here, the, the voice that is like faint in the distance is our good friend Sergio, who is joining us here today to, he's actually not only just a good friend of mine, whom I've known for years, it's crazy to think how long we've been friends, but who's also one of our officiants since the very beginning of the business that we started, which is the Vow Exchange um, here in Kansas City. So hello, Sergio. Hello, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so polite. I love it. <laughs> Good morning, Sergio. Um, but yeah, so um, I was originally friends with your wife. And we've actually talked about Sergio many times on the podcast. Yeah, he's we? kind of uh, a legend uh, on our podcast. I don't remember what we talk about, what, but we've often mentioned that, we, you know, the fan club that needs to exist for you. It doesn't already exist. <laughs> well, <laughs> not in an official capacity. Okay. Definitely okay. in an unofficial capacity. Shit, I need to add that to my to-do list. Actually, I've been talking about it for Sergio's years. Slightly disappointed. <laughs> you keep promising. Slightly disappointed. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, okay then. Um, <laughs> anyway, we are we're here in Kansas City at at my house. Yes, another and, uh, beautiful summer morning. And um, we, I, I'm so loving summer. It's like this, actually, it's been not so bad um, as far as heat and and uh, hu- humidity. It's only just recently, it's only just begun. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, it's, the weather's been pretty mild. And, um, and Mel and I last night went to go see uh, at the Alamo Draft House. Again, I should just, they, you know, should just all this free advertising we give them because I've Fucking yes. love them. Um, oh, by the <laughs> way, F-bombs are totally fine on this podcast. Not that I've ever heard an F-bomb come out. Of, well, maybe oh, I've I have. heard an F-bomb come out of Sergio's mouth. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't do He that. says, what the fuck? I don't do that. No, no, no. Never. He's a responsible father. <laughs> oh, <not me. laughs> but because of the fact that he is a father of two beautiful girls, there have definitely been some F-bombs. I'm sure it's come up. Just, I think that just comes with fatherhood. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, I mean, I know uh, you were going to gonna talk about the Almo draft. Yes. Yeah. I well, gonna, but I, but I was going to say yeah. uh, also Sergio uh, has two daughters, as you mentioned. But yes. They are classmates of my daughter. Yes. My crazy daughter, Sophie. So. Yep. That's right. And, uh, Julia, your older daughter, actually was here for my my daughter's first sleepover party in April. It was pretty great. Yeah, it was yeah. quite memorable and eventful. It was, and it's funny because I remember when they first met on the first day, like when they were getting introduced, like you know the class get to know you day, and my Sophie asked Julia, "Hi, you know you want to be my friend?" And Julia was just like totally straight faced, like no, yep, that's, no, that's Julia. She's yeah, she's very honest. She's very honest, <laughs> <laughs> and um. You know, and then of course, like you know, a few months in, Sophie's like, "I think Julia's changed her mind," and I was like, "Yeah, well, that's, you got to give people time sometimes." <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I love Sophie. So she's like, "You will be my friend." She <laughs> just, she will, I will win she you is over. Just relentless with her <laughs> kindness, and she will, she will get you. <laughs> I will win you, damn it! I will win you. If it's the last thing so I, I do, she's a, she's a lot. 
<laughs> she is a lot of person. I think she's just enough. She's great. I agree. No, but I think she. So uh, you know, I mean, we are. I think raising uh, very strong individual types of ladies, and you know, I I fully respect. I love that Julia. Julia's got a very strong right. woman in her. <laughs> I get the sense that she's not the kind of girl who's like. See, I was I was the Pollyanna. I was always like like Polly like was so like right. here, here's a flower, here, let's be friends, you know, <laughs> like I was always the happy, like all smiles and sunshine. And I'm still kinda that way today. <laughs> but like not all girls are. And just because you're a woman, you're not like obligated to be a, the world's personal ray of sunshine. Sometimes you're just gonna be you and you don't have to be like, you know, Susie Sunshine. I agree absolutely and one of the things that's awesome about parenting both Julia and Clara is that I get a full range because yeah Julia is definitely um, as you've described very strong-willed and very independent and very very much into you know getting dirty and getting hurt <laughs> and and Clara is is she just loves unicorns so much <laughs> and I I love that I get to you know express all of and enjoy uh, with both of them you know the, the messy stuff and the be the beautiful stuff. Um, so I love that I get that full range with both of them. Yeah. How fun! Uh, get a little bit of the yeah, like the the traditional girly with unicorns. <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, I brought something super girly that oh I I am like living vicariously through Sophie, and I'll get to give it to her. You know before what? Before I leave today. Before we leave today, yes. I think you should bring that to her in her bedroom to see what is the wonder of that. <laughs> bed it has got she stayed staying in there more and more lately she used to sleep with me a bunch and now she's sleeping in her room and so she's got this nice big queen-size bed uh-huh and i was telling you like she's like well since i'm sleeping in here and it's my room can i have all of my stuffed animals in my bed which means like there's a lot of stuffed animals it's crazy so i went in there last night she made her bed she stayed with me last night but i went in to peek in to like see because we got a couple of new pillowcases um uh, a corgi with little oh red my glasses gosh. and a little dachshund pillow. They're very cute. Made in China, whatever. They're adorable. And I was peeking in there and I thought, yeah, this is, I mean, this looks like kid bed heaven. Oh, I love that. It's intense. It's like it's little signs that all in the world actually is fine. It's going to be fine when you can look at a kid's bed and it's covered in a corgi pillow oh and stacked high with stuffed animals. And there's a little, oh, ca little capuchin yes. monkey that used to be my brother's stuffed animal <laughs> and he's made it all this way and he's sitting down there oh. on top. It's, it's pretty, well, pretty adorable. Yeah, well, I brought this and I just brought it out to show Sergio. This little thing I picked up was one of those little beanie baby type things, but it's like this is, and this I've learned. I didn't realize this is an actual animal. Do you remember what it's? You know what this is called? Yeah, this is a. Uh, this is not a sea unicorn. Okay. It's called a narwhal. Okay. So it's called a narwhal. Okay, yes, I have heard it's called a narwhal. Yes, I now I'm remembering it. It's like basically like a dolphin with a like a horn, like a unicorn. So they're really an amazing animal, and it's not actually a horn. What I learned is that it's a tooth um, that is growing out of their head, um, and. Recently, I learned that they've just been observed in the wild how it is that they use that tooth. And how is it? Um, so you would think that they would use it to stab their prey, but then how would they get it off the tooth, right? right. They don't have hands like you. And <laughs> oh, my God. The universal problem. <laughs> when you get food stuck in your teeth. Even narwhal, nar narwhals, narwhals, narwhals. narwhals have problems with that. So what they do is this. They're, they swim, and then they come up on their prey, and then they use their their tooth that looks like a horn to hit the prey so they basically you know smack the crap out of the like a bat yeah like a bat and then once <laughs> they stun their prey then they eat it so that's how they use their tooth 
So it's basically like a built-in baseball bat. Yeah. So it needs a little baseball cap on it, maybe, and you know, <laughs> like a little oh little little Royals cap. It's missing a Royals cap. Oh but, it, but this particular God. thing caught my eye because n- number one, it's just such a cute-looking animal. But number two, it's covered in hot pink sequins and the uh, the reversible kind of sequins. Uh, is it a mermaid? Yes. Is it? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. That's kind of the only way. That's the oh, it o- is. Oh my gosh! I just not. <gasps> yeah. So this is the kind of stuff that Clara would just go gaga over. Oh my god! I'm going gaga. But see, this is where like, yeah, the grown, f- soon to be 41 year old here <laughs> is going bananas because she gets to buy her, her young friends, her young eight year old friends, cool stuff like this. Okay, I like my mind is blown. I didn't notice yeah. that it does flip back into silver. That's kind of the only <gasps> game in town in the With sequin mar- in the sequin world. Like these if it days. doesn't, yeah, if it's not two sided or two colored, it's like no good. It's it's like low rent janky sequins. I, I I mean honestly, I don't even know that I've ever that I've seen any of that these days. Uh, the, all the shirts, you know, at the stores. Sophie has a really great uh, uh, shirt that she wears. It's um like a bunny shirt. Uh-huh. And if if you know if you push it up, he's awake. And then if you push it down, he just closes his eyes and it's, oh my god, it's pretty That's darn so cute. cute. I know, kids' fashion. Oh. Although, do you remember? Because I honestly don't know. I feel like maybe I imagined it. You do you remember Love It jeans? I remember hypercolored clothing but i don't know what love it jeans are like that's love like the closest i can remember to like it, when cool the designer jean craze bullshit. came along like you know gloria vanderbilt and calvin klein and jordash and all those uh-huh and they're but it was about that same time but these are made for kids and so they uh-huh. were kind of like dark blue you know okay s- you know slim fit kind of jeans and on the pockets they had these appliques oh this was like, like apples this was the beanie and babies and yeah and like cherries sticks of gum Rain- and rainbows oh, roller skate i had a, one that had a <laughs> parrot on the back and i mean i had i think i had like four pairs five pairs and uh they need to make that for women my age that is a serious I, miss i i mean i i, I don't know I that i would wear that them. I, yes i okay yes of course i'd wear them today <laughs> yeah oh my god yes i'd wear the shit out of those jeans you bet Oh my goodness! I don't know what me think of it, but that was like <laughs> when I see these Beanie Babies, it makes me think of like that was the that was the reversible sequence of my age. Yes. You know, like oh. God, I just wanted all the jeans and see. Not having kids, I have to like get my like my kid fix with all my friends' kids and buy them the fun stuff that I would would have bought my kids if I had chosen to have them. Yeah, because so you, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. It's awesome to buy that for Sophie, but you go to an adult's house and you've got that kind of stuff sitting around. <laughs> there, are, there are questions to be asked. But but it could pro- possibly be, might you be the coolest person, adult, that ever might lived? You? <laughs> might you be? Because you have that cool reversible sequence stuffed animal on your couch? Maybe? Um, yes, uh, Catherine, you are the coolest person. <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, asking for friends, you know, if I might have that. Well, my, my I'm just room. saying, like, you know, you've been to those people's <laughs> houses who have, like, um, like the doll collection. <laughs> you know, like, like the creepy dolls with the eyes that close when right. they lay down. <laughs> oh, my God, no. Yeah, you're like, oh, you know, Catherine's got this, like, very normal adult looking house. And then you go, <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is the Beady Baby room. You know, like. <laughs> well, I actually do have a collection of toys, but I don't, I just don't have them out for display. So, yeah. They're kind of yeah stored away in a boring place. To- yeah. Yeah, yeah, toys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I like how Sergio uses the air quotes. Toys. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what are you implying, Sergio? <laughs> I don't know. They're just hidden away. Not for display. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. 
Hmm. <laughs> Don't know where to go with that one. <laughs> Sergio making dirty Shh. jokes. I'm not used to the Sergio. <laughs> Love it. I, I, he, I, I think he left it pretty neutral. <laughs> I think it was you to get there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Perfection. But, yep. Yep. Perfection. You know, it's funny because this is the art of like um, being, and I always like to talk about, you know, Sergio and I were friends at Hallmark and Hallmark had his own culture very corporate, but also had kind of like a human, like people were real people and they treated you like real people, not just like employees and this and that. Um, at least that was my general experience. But it was funny because, you know, you have to like to excel in, in corporate anything. You have to speak corporate ease, you know, mm. like you have to know how to do and like know what to say, what not to say. Yeah. And Sergio was always very like. Uh, he's very successful because people, will, I mean, again, he should have a fan club and like everyone all the way up to like Don Hall Jr. himself would have joined his fan club because he just had a way <laughs> of being fun without being inappropriate for the corporate office <laughs> environment. So like this is a perfect example of this, uh, <laughs> this like with this uh, Taekwondo of language or something. I think you've just described the, you know, brown noser so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if i like that but that's okay you know oh, but you're no. not brown nosing me right now i don't know i'm just saying it's a nice you, you walk a good line there Sergio. well you walk and a good i will line. say coming from somebody who does not have the ability to do that i am not a i am not corporate approved <laughs> I, can put, I can put on a good face when i absolutely need to but i i don't do well over the long haul in a corporate environment right so i look at people who are able to uh i mean i think really what it boils down to is being able to hold in your opinion and i just can't i don't have the physical ability to do that <laughs> Something is the matter with me. I love it. You know what? I think this is a perfect segue into our topic today. Uh, Holding in your opinion. Oh my god! Amy, speaking of holding in your opinion. No. Well, actually, no. And it's going to. We're going to tell a story here, and it's about a time when Sergio was very diplomatic and holding in his opinion of something I had shared with him. (laughs) It turned out to be really good and really cool. But it happens to be my newest favorite story you told me. Well, let's hear it then. So, well, are you going to tell you it? Go, no, I'll let you lead us into our topic and we'll oh, get to yeah. all that. But well, yeah. Okay. So today, I mean, obviously Sergio's here and um, we love Sergio and he is an efficient for us, as we mentioned. Yes. Uh, and we wanted to, you know, we wanted to invite him just to join us because I think it's really nice to share what we do in our team yes. with the world because the people that we work with are amazing the best. seriously I mean, the best the best i mean i'm not, i'm not gonna brag <laughs> but i'm gonna brag it's totally it's completely totally true i'm sorry no sorry but it's also one of those things where like you know we can say how great people are that we work with but it's another thing to like actually i, w- I want th- i want the people in the world to to to, to meet these uh co-workers of ours or yeah. whatever uh i don't know if they're co-workers edit this out <laughs> anyway so <laughs> no they are but yes so um but we also wanted to talk about a particular subject with Sergio today and um, it, it, it kind of came to me from the story that we're going to tell you know keep <laughs> foreshadowing it um, but uh, I was thinking about you know what we do and our line of work is you know the ceremony is part of the the big celebration and we can do receptions and all that other junk but right. we can do you know these tiny little you know courthouse style ceremonies basically quickie 
Yeah. Quickie weddings. I mean, literally at one point it was called 15 minute wedding. Now we've <laughs> like, upped it to 30, like, but still. Yeah. I mean. it's, and now, now it just has a general name called the mini ceremony. It's what we, you know, we offer. And it's, it is as close as you can get to like a courthouse style. Mm-hmm. And we did a web series um, back before when we were still doing the 15 minute ones that we actually call 15 minute wedding. Yeah. And you can actually watch it at uh, www.thevowexchange.com. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it just so happens that uh, Sergio actually was the um the efficient who you, yes. if you go and watch that those those really they are really very heartwarming touching they are that's what shows. that's why the show is so great because it's like who, like it's that like morbid curiosity like who would get married in 15 minutes what kind of you know trashy person and it's not at all because these people are super awesome right solid and, I mean, human beings exactly uh and solid relationships on top of it yes and uh you know so it got me thinking and a subject that i wanted to talk all of us to talk about today was mm-hmm. the stigma of the little wedding just like i said yeah tra- why kind of trashy person we get well, married in 15 know, I minutes mean, i was just thinking to myself it's like you just you know when you want to like you know cast aspersions on somebody's relationship you say oh they're probably gonna run off to vegas and get married and it's like <laughs> well why what's wrong with <laughs> like that's some kind of romantic to me i mean why is that bad i mean you guys you and mel honeymooned there and you went back we to your did annual, so, yes and that's you know, what vegas started this whole damn thing yeah <laughs> anyway so i am gonna let sergio do a little talking and i want to maybe hear about you know also what you guys think about you know what are your impressions did before you came to this line of work did any did you guys have a, an opinion about Vegas style well cooking? you know it's funny that you ask that like I've been living in this world so long that I kind of don't even remember what I thought of Vegas weddings before you know what changed my mind actually I should maybe I did have that thought and I saw a friend of mine, actually, Liz Lippy. You know, Sergio knows Liz. Uh, she uh, was a Hallmark friend. Um, and she and her husband got married in Vegas. And, and, and it inspired my vow renewal because it was in front of the big Las Vegas, welcome to Las Vegas sign. And I just loved how classic it looked. It wasn't like it was trying to be this elegant chapel because I'm not sure that that exists in Vegas. Sorry, I'm being kind of like judgy right now. <laughs> but But the iconic Las Vegas sign is... It's perfect because that is what it is. It says you're you're trying your luck at life and you're going all in with your cards, you know. And um, and she <laughs> and they they had this picture of them after their wedding ceremony kissing, and she's wearing the most darling cocktail length black dress, like a little co- black cocktail dress, and he's wearing a suit, and they couldn't look more elegant and happy and carefree, and and they just yeah. And I'm like. Oh. I want that. <laughs> I want that wedding, even though I already got married, you know, but still like a more traditional way. But um, and all their friends were around them that, that joined them, you know, um, cheering and everything. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that looks so great. We should renew our, our vows and do something similar. Since we honeymooned there, it was, you know, kind of a natural thing when we went back for our 10th anniversary. But that is how I ended up kind of being introduced, I should say, to the sort of um, allure of a Vegas style wedding. When I saw her photos, I was like, "That actually looks really stinking cool." I, don't mm-hmm. know. I am just uh, still wondering what the story is that you keep foreshadowing. <laughs> well, just how when Catherine came back from this <laughs> trip to Vegas, uh-huh. she was like, and she was saying, like, you know, what I think maybe I could do a chapel, something like yeah. that, on a little bit more sophisticated level here in Kansas City. Okay. And you were one of the first people she asked about doing that, and. <laughs> and I thought this this is really stupid. <laughs> did you did you say that or did you think it? 
Of course I didn't say it. This is what I was <laughs> saying earlier, holding back opinions. See, he's got the corporate holding my opinion. Like, it was the most, like, kind, friendly, you know, um, I don't have, you know, bandwidth in my, you know, life right now for that. I've got a lot going on, but thank you so much. So gracious still. Inside, he's like, that's a dumb fucking idea. So, yeah, t- <laughs> can, can you t- tell me why you, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to hear, like, a little bit more about why you felt that way and any, any you know, preconceived, anything you want to share with us about your All background, right. any of this. Sure, okay, well, just for the record, I don't use the word bandwidth. That's totally <laughs> corporate <laughs> lingo. Let's clear that up right now. <laughs> I just don't want to give the wrong impression. Um, so the, it was, it, I, I remember very clearly because we were sitting, you had asked me to go meet for coffee in the, in the cafe at Hallmark, probably like over lunch or something. And, um, and you told me this whole idea about what you wanted to do. And I thought, oh, well, that sounds really great. Um, I, I'm too busy or whatever. Um, but yeah, let me know how it goes. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, it's not really, like, I didn't really not like the idea of, I've never had any uh, negative feelings about, you know, Vegas-style weddings or eloping or courthouse weddings. I think that's great. I, I've never really had a problem with that. Um, and um, I think at at the time, what I really had was I just had a problem with, with weddings, period, and mm. with the whole idea of marriage. Um, Were you married at the time? Yes, and very happily <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no offense, Emily. <laughs> Still am. Uh, and any, <laughs> well, and you yeah, chose let's wait well. And see what happens after yeah. this <laughs> podcast is released. But um, I think it's, yeah, no, I think you'll make it. <laughs> yeah, I just I did not like the whole idea of weddings and marriage. I just felt like this is such a vestige of you know patriarchal systems where you know the woman was property and she basically was passed from the father to the husband. Gross. And yeah. And I thought I just we don't need this anymore. And um, so I was really just generally opposed to the whole idea of marriage, period. Wow. Um, And so so what am I doing here all these years later? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But what I love since then. And so the story basically is that, um, Catherine, uh, you went on and started um, doing the vow exchange and it was going great. And one day, um, I think um, I don't know how how long you had been doing this already. But there was this couple. Yeah, they were a um, uh, the bride was from Mexico. Uh-huh. Her whole family was from Mexico. The couple met online. She spoke OK English, but none of her family spoke any English like they were completely yeah. Spanish speaking. And they had requested if we had had an efficient who could speak Spanish. And um, and I said, well, let me get back to you. <laughs> Right. And so you you called me and we talked about this and I said, well, of course, I'm going to do that. That sounds wonderful. I would be very happy to do a bilingual wedding. Um, and it seemed like, you know, something that would be very, very special and very meaningful. And I said, yes. Yes. I said, I do. <laughs> you huh. said, I do. <laughs> I will. <laughs> and um, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was really an amazing experience. I remember um, walking out of there thinking this was really meaningful for for this couple for these families yes the families were so grateful I remember her yes. family just, oh my know. gosh you I have to tell a quick little aside on okay. this well so the family had shown up everyone was there and Sergio sh- you know came came in um, kind of mostly after the gang had all gotten there the families and everything and they were all kind of they looked so uneasy because they couldn't understand what was happening they didn't know what was going on they didn't understand any of what I was saying to them and as soon as you arrived and greeted them in their like basically native tongue native language they the look of 
<sighs> you could almost see their entire body sigh with relief yeah. to know that there was somebody there who would understand them, who they understood. And it's, you know, the power of language, you know, um, and it was really, it was really neat to see how instantly that family felt included in this celebration. Just, yeah. But just by you being there and being able to, you know, connect with them over language. Absolutely. I think. And so that was a very memorable experience. And I remember afterwards, after everybody left, I was just kind of lingering and I was like, so, um, Catherine, if you know, <laughs> if that. ever you need, you know, you know, if you know, if ever anything happens and you need to, <laughs> I do else, remember you know, that. You give me a call. And, um, <laughs> and so the rest is history. <laughs> That is the story I remember hearing. That's I don't think I heard that last part though. That yeah. So uh, and this was at our old space. Yeah. And um, you have a really uh, this I'm jumping around a little bit, but um, I wanted to kind of you know introduce you as a person because I mean in addition to what you you know obviously do with us, you very full life and interesting background I think um, and I was gonna ask a little bit about um, you know you come to uh, uh, your bilingual mm -hmm. actually English is your second language correct I suppose uh, I grew up speaking both English and Spanish mm -hmm. in, in my house my mother is American and fully but she's actually trilingual um, and so we always spoke English and Spanish growing up okay and so I don't know if you want to share anything about your upbringing and how you ended up. I mean, could you, what, what do you do now? Okay. Because you used to work at Hallmark. Yeah, I did. And you used to be like a copywriter, uh, well, editor? Well, I was an editor, an editor and then an editorial director and then a um, creative strategist and so a, a number of things in the creative um, community. Um, in the editorial side of things um, and then like Catherine I decided that I needed to change uh, in my you know career path and mm -hmm. and I was v a very happy Hallmark employee for many many years but um, but then the time came for me to try something different and Great. what I did basically is I um, I you know I rekindled this calling that I had to to do uh, you know spiritual work um, and you have a s pretty religious family, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose you could say that. I grew up um, in Mexico um, uh, in a very, uh, you know, I come from both sides of my family, from pastors and preachers and ministers. And um, anyway, so um, I had my undergrad was in theology and ministry, and I just I thought I was called to the ministry, and then by the end of my college years, <laughs> I decided that the call had reached the wrong number. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I kind of went off and did oh, other things. I think you things. got the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. I was like, caller ID, caller ID. Uh, anyway. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I remember, uh, I think this is where you were telling me that that's where like the, the death metal, the love of death oh. metal and, uh, or is that always that's been That's always been there. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I do love death metal. I mean, I don't know that uh, those, I, death metal does not have to be, you know, separate from <laughs> a religious upbringing, but, or nope. theology at nope. times. There, you know, what I listen to a lot of Christian death metal, so there oh, is boy. that too, but we don't yes. have to talk about that. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've recovered. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah that's uh, something I have not gone into yet. <laughs> I love music, but I've not yeah. tried the Christian death metal. It's anyway, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of what happened after, I think, 12 years um, at Hallmark. I decided to uh, pursue, um, you know, I guess you could call it ministry. And what I ended up doing is I went into 
clinical pastoral education. So I've been training um, and working as a chaplain in a hospital setting and the hospice setting. And that's what I've been doing now for the last three years. Um, and so that's my, my day job, um, yeah. my, my week job. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious um, about, you know, the training and the, the education that goes into be becoming a chaplain. Because, I mean, it, I, my understanding of it is that it's just basically being somebody who's really good at being comforting and listening, which obviously I can see why that would be a natural thing for you. This is why we need the Sergio fan club because yeah. <laughs> he does. He like just like I, I'm like instantly soothed just having him sitting <laughs> in the room. It's just part of his personality. I agree. I feel the same way. Um, I was, but I I'm um, curious, like, because there's obviously teaching that goes into it, and and is it more just like from a psychological perspective or what exactly? Yes, to all of that. <laughs> so um, one of the things that as a as a chaplain that I try to do is kind of help people understand what it is that we are and what it is that we're not. You a mean lot, oh what a cha yeah, what a chaplain, as a chaplain is? Chaplain, yeah, we're not here to you know um, Bible thump anybody. Um, the last thing you want to do as a chaplain is walk in and you know try to convert anybody to anything. Oh Lord, it's really it's really about spiritual care. Tacky. And, 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 yeah, <laughs> it's about um, emotional support, spiritual support, and the most uh, the most important thing I think of as a chaplain is to be a companion. Oftentimes in the hospital or in a hospice setting, um, this is a very vulnerable time, a very difficult time. There can be trauma involved. Um, people are dealing with grief. Um, all kinds of difficult um, and afflictive human emotions. And so it's really helpful to have a spiritual caregiver there to be with you for emotional support. To I like to say that really what I am is a professional listener. Um, so I just sit and listen and be very present um, and attentive um, to people as they are in a space that is foreign to them, that is uh, perhaps doesn't feel very safe. Mm -hmm. um, they have they have no control over you know what's happening what's going on and so just to have somebody that can be a caring presence um, that's really the most important thing and also um, it would seem to me that you know of all of the emotions in our culture currently that we are not very good at dealing with sadness and grief is probably right up there at the top and having somebody there who says whether it's overtly or just by their presence says you know it's okay to feel this way even if everybody else in your family you know is so trying to act like nothing's going on here uh you know my my mother uh her my aunt who i really barely knew died in a fire oh mm. uh, she died she was burned badly in a fire i was in the hospital for many weeks mm. uh and she slowly died and uh, my mom was a big griever mm -hmm. you know Obviously, it's a sister, so she's, you know, horribly traumatized. But nobody in her family knew how to deal with it. And they were just, like, stone-faced. They, you know, and I can't imagine having to go through that and have nobody in your family being able to emote, you know, and, and having somebody like that there. I'm getting teary just thinking about it. But having somebody like you there that says, you know, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay. Tell me, you know, please tell me how what's going on for you because, you know, you would think that the, you're your own parents who are, you know, losing their own child would be the people that you would be able to talk to. And that's not always the case. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's so important to understand everybody grieves differently. Um, mm -hmm. and to be able to, to say to someone, it's okay. This is okay. Um, to validate those feelings and emotions and be present to them. It's Hold space. Definitely. Well, I mean, and I mean, my mother and I are very close and she shared the story with me and, and I know that that was really hard for her. She still carries that with her that she really didn't know how to, she didn't know how to 
deal with it. And there was nobody around her to, her sister was kind of close, her other sister was kind of closed off. And so she just kind of had to stuff it away, you know, and it's, I, I, anyway, I wish that you, somebody like you had been there for her, huh. but, but it is, but it also really points to, you know, that val that is such a valuable, uh, line of work just seems mm. like like the wrong well, way you. to describe it but um so also um and i mean i i have this agenda but i'm also just kind of i know generally where i'm going with it but i'm not gonna you always <laughs> have an agenda <laughs> that is a fact <laughs> i've been told this <laughs> uh but i also okay so your life right now, besides you know your, your family mm -hmm. and and your your children, a wonderful, beautiful wife, uh, you spend your time as a chaplain, mm -hmm. and then you also spend quite a bit of time marrying people. Yes, like n number of people per week, you yeah. know. Yeah. And sometimes you will marry several people on one day. Yeah. So, what's that like? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like, like the different, you know. Yeah, you know what I mean. I absolutely love it. It's um, you know, it it doesn't uh, it's not rare for you know leave to leave work on a Friday after having a really rough week, where I've dealt with you know people who are very seriously ill or people who are dying, um, and to leave the hospital on a Friday afternoon and then go um to the vow exchange, and be with people who are celebrating the happiest day of their lives. Um, and who are who have been looking forward to this moment? Who are excited to be there? Yeah, Everybody's and everybody and their family is excited family. to be there. Yep. Yeah, and everybody looks wonderful and beautiful, and um, just everything is perfect. Um, and so to get that full range of human experience and human emotion for me is just a, a really profound honor. I feel just so fortunate that I get to be with people, that I get to be present um, for people when they are um, at their saddest and at their loneliest. Um, and also when they're at their happiest and their most exciting times. It, to me, it is all equally meaningful um, and profound. So I just feel really lucky that I get to do this, that I get to just companion people and be witness um, to both uh, times of despair and grief and also times of joy and happiness. So I love it. I feel very lucky. I, and, and we're lucky, you know, I mean, because I think... Damn skippy we are. <laughs> well, I mean, and... and uh, it is um, very similar to what I was saying on the opposite end of things. You know, it. W I mean, I've witnessed n a number of weddings that you've performed. Um, of course, like I said, they're out there on the on the internet at you know uh, on Fifteen Minute Wedding for the world to see. But I mean, I feel like um, being present is a, a like that's a that's a thing that's largely missing in our world right now. I mean, it's, you know, rare to have a conversation with somebody where they're not looking at their phone at least some point during the conversation, you know. Mm -hmm. And so having somebody who's fully engaged and there and, you know, there to support you, uh, whether, you know, like I said, on whichever, or like you said, uh, wherever you are on that spectrum, having somebody who's really there to connect and, and uh, kind of shepherd you through or into this other part of your life is super, you know, I don't know. It's it's valuable, mm -hmm. and yeah, we're we feel very fortunate mm. to to have that because you know, um, as you anybody who's listened to this podcast knows, you know, we have a very different opi op opinion and approach to weddings. It's not just yeah. like how can we get you know wring the most money out of these people. It's you know how can we simplify things the most so the very essence of what you need from that day is there, not all the other stupid junk that you know right. you think you might <coughs> need. You know, because, I mean, I'm a crier. 
I cry at almost every single stupid wedding. Not, I mean, the weddings aren't stupid, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I'm just, I'm a sucker, you know? And I, I, you know, I can watch these people in these moments that I feel like, I said, I feel like, I, I don't even know that I'm, I, you know, am I allowed to be here? You know, it feels so personal. And I'm going to hop in and say that um, it seems like, and this is a lot of the, lar- the large sort of umbrella of the, of the podcast, you know, the idea of questioning the whole thing. Um, it has been my observation that the focus of weddings in the last several decades has been on its visual appearance. I don't know what that is about weddings, like what it looks like. What are your decorations? What are your flowers? What is your dress? You know, what do you look like on the day? Yeah. And if What's it doesn't your entourage, uh, yeah. Your, what is your cake? Outfits. Yeah. Are you all matching? Is the color of pink on your dress match the flowers in your, you know, like what does your cake look like? What do you look like cutting your cake? I mean, it's seriously, it's like overwhelming um, with the focus on being what does your wedding look like? And we are, you know, our goal is to kind of look at, are there ways that you can, you know, enjoy a beautiful, aesthetically pleasing celebration? Fine. But maybe be able to do so in a way that doesn't require all your focus to be on that. And instead, be in the moment, be present, um, at, you know, especially during your vows, and to be able to revel in the in the feels of your day rather than mm-hmm. in the looks. And and so we're all about trying to find, you know, where where are the feels in this whole process because they're there. So then, why is it seem that Instagram and uh, you know wedding porn and all that stuff is all about you know how it looks and not how it feels. And I would say that, you know, that's one thing I love about watching Sergio marry couples is at least, you know, during those ceremonies, short as they may be, like, it's like the room is so filled with feels. It's so filled with laughter and love and happy. And it's just so great. You know, and that, that, pardon me, that brings to, uh, like, brings me to a question I guess specifically about you in in the line of work you do, but it also kind of makes me wonder like on a large larger scale you know connecting with somebody that quickly like when that bride walks in the door i've never met her before maybe i've you know talked to her on the phone once but that is the most contact i've had with most of these these couples you have never seen them before in your life Mm -hmm. you know maybe you've read some notes about what they want in their ceremony but that's basically it and there you are and somehow you know between the host and the efficient and even the photographer i mean it that stuff can click like instantaneously and i'm not sure can you talk about how you think that happens or what is it for you i don't know that's a really good question because i think um a lot of times in the same way that we assume that a very big elaborate costly wedding uh is that meaning and significance are inherent in a big elaborate costly wedding um, and that uh, a small, um, inexpensive, quick wedding probably is not very meaningful. We make those assumptions, and I think we assume the same thing about connections with people. Mm-hmm. We think that only a, a relationship that is long, uh, that has been very intimate for many years, that that's the only way to have a meaningful connection. But really, we all have experienced moments when, j- you know, the kindness of strangers. Oh, um, my God. When we've experienced just a brief connection with someone and we feel like that was very meaningful. And I experience that with couples, you know, and I get to see them just a few minutes before we walk out and have a ceremony. And I get to connect with them and to meet them in a very real way. Um, and I, I just don't think that the length of the time we've known each other or the time we've spent together has anything to do 
with how we can connect meaningfully um, uh, emotionally and spiritually. So that's how I would address that. It reminds me very much of like when you are at a hospital and you know, you don't, you don't get to interview your nurses before you go in for procedure. Nope. Like it's just who's on shift at that point in time. And oftentimes when you're in the hospital and for, and you know, just, you know, just something routine or whatever, but you're still, especially if you're going under anesthesia for any reason or something, you know, that required, you know, upfront preparations, that sort of thing. You, there's lots of like anxiety that goes with that. Yeah. And the caretakers that are there, granted, they're there just to get you prepped for this, you know, very routine medical procedure, but they also that bedside manner, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I always like to make a connection with the nurses because that calms me. When I can see someone smile and laugh, I know everything's going to be okay. And I just met this person. I'm like, I need, like, like Sophie, I need, we need to be friends like now. <laughs> I think a great part of that is granting trust. What makes a relationship and a connection meaningful, I think, in many ways, is that trust. Like you said, when you go to a hospital for procedure, you don't have the luxury of time to connect or uh, to get to know the people that are going to work on you. You just have to trust that they have chosen the best people to do this work and that they're going to care about what they're doing. And I think that's what you've done with the team that you've put together in the VAL exchanges. You know, these are people that believe in what we're doing that we care that every couple is an important couple for us. It's not one more number or one more line on the you know spreadsheet. It's it's a it's people who matter and who are important to us. And so couples come in, I think, and once they give you that trust and they see that you yeah. really care about them, that's what makes the difference. Yeah. That's you guys nailed that. I mean, and I also think too, you know, Mind you drop <coughs> definitely. Well, I mean, it's also funny too because like that also speaks to kind of a bigger. I mean, I don't know about both of you, but most of my friends, I've made pretty much like that. Yeah. I mean, there may be one or two people that I've like, they grew on me. But oh I God. mean, well, I I don't know. I mean. I love that moment when you instantly know someone, you're going to be friends with someone. Yeah. It's like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yes, <we did. laughs> and, and what's really funny about that to me, too, is that, you know, I've gone back to high school reunions and stuff like that. And, you know, sure enough, 30 years later, these people that I, you know, just gravitated to, and I, I guess, you know, I kind of questioned my judgment back then. And, you know, did I know what I was doing? No, I did. These people are still the best people of that school. You know, they really are. Yeah. It is to me, you know, yeah. and it's like, I think you, uh, people do underestimate their ability to connect and to be a good judge of character and to, you know, know when you, like, when you can trust somebody and somebody can trust you. And I think some of those things are, you know, just kind of, um, what's the word? Um, instinctual is the word. And, um, I've always said that this is the, this was what, how Hallmark was always so good at this. I mean, and I've met so many friends, Sergio, obviously, and many, many others, actually a handful of others who have worked, either still work at the Vow Exchange or have at, at one point mm-hmm. in time. And it is like their, their judgment in people. It's, you know, these are solid, kind, emotionally mature people. And we all tend to really enjoy working together right. and then also playing together outside of the office walls and, and then yeah. still friends even well past your career. You know, Sergio and I no longer work there, but we'll, always be friends so you know it's it's kind of <laughs> thank you hallmark for having such a yeah. good judge of character and and it, and for folks who are looking for jobs that's a great place to go knowing that you're going to find solid yeah. co-workers well and i think that um we've done a really good job with our team too that when our couples walk in they do like you said they 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 can see oh this is a decent guy 
You know, this is a really nice person. This seems like, you know, oh, that girl seems like a real sweetheart. You know, she's going to be, she's going to take care of us. Because she is. Yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> whoever it is. Yeah, whoever it is. <laughs> all, all our girls are sweethearts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, so anyway, that, that you know, enough horn tooting. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, my back is starting to hurt rubbing oh my it God, so my much. Arm. <laughs> okay. But uh, anyway, so. Um, okay. So we've kind of beaten this horse yeah. a little bit but I do want to ask you specifically Sergio because you've married a lot of, a lot of ladies and gentlemen gentlemen's um, the men's and the, the women's <laughs> <laughs> what words of advice do you have to these couples you know going into the great unknown on the day of their wedding uh, any things that you can I don't know, words of wisdom, you know, uh, what, what kind of pep talk do you give them before they walk down the aisle? I don't have a lot of wisdom. I just have a lot <laughs> of opinions. Um, and I'm happy to share my opinions. That would be great. Um, <laughs> but I, one of the things that, that I have appreciated about my friendship with you, Catherine, is that you're very a very curious sort of person, and I've come to learn that about you as well, Amy, and it's this idea of just questioning things. Don't take things for granted, don't accept things just because this is the way it's always been done. Um, you know, uh, times change, people change. Thank goodness that times change and people oh change. Oh my gosh, And no so joke. just because a thing has been done a certain way forever uh, doesn't mean it needs to keep being done that way. So, um, you know, if you want to have a wedding, why do you want to have a wedding? And what, why do you want, what kinds of things do you want to have in your wedding? Um, if you want to spend $10,000 on a wedding, why is that? Um, and, you know, if you if you just want to have a quick 15-minute wedding, why is that as well? And so always asking um, yourself and doing things that feel uh, significant, meaningful, and authentic to who you are um, as an individual and as a couple um, is one of the things that I think. Just question everything. Um, <laughs> I like that a lot. The other thing is um, at the vow exchange, um, especially with the ceremony, there is no filler. You are basically getting like the essence of like what the ceremony is, and it's very and it's very carefully crafted and put together. Um, and um, and so one of the things is just pay attention. You know, it goes by very quickly. Every time before we start the ceremony, once uh, the couple is standing in front of me, um, I ask them to hold hands, and I say, "Now, please look into each other's eyes. Uh -huh. Take a deep breath." Take another deep breath. <laughs> um, I, I want you, uh, this will go by very quickly and I want you to remember some of it. This uh -huh. is a, kind of a big deal um, and we and it's meaningful. And so to pay attention, uh, you said, Amy, you know, attention is in high demand and very short supply these days, right? Um, and this I, is- I, I don't think I said anywhere near eloquently that. <laughs> but, but thank but, you for taking my sentiment and making it best. Why you were good at Hallmark? Okay, but, go ahead. <laughs> but it's but it's true. You know, um, there are so many demands on our attention, um, and it's just um, one of my favorite um, people, Simone Weil, a French philosopher. She said, "Attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity," and I mm. believe that so deeply. So when you're standing in front of each other in the presence of your friends and your family, uh, and we're, we've come together to have this ceremony. Pay attention for just a minute. You know, it doesn't, it's not a very long time. Be there, be present, want to be there. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing I can say um, because it does go by very quickly um, and, um, and it's meaningful. So we're, I mean, if you're having a big cathedral wedding and it's a two hour long ceremony, <laughs> I, it's totally understandable. You're going to sleep through some parts. Um, but when it's just, you know, 10, 15 minutes, um, and yeah. it's, that's one of, it's a little bit of a pet peeve too. 
Um, you know, if people Which are, part? you know, if the couple is talking to each other and you're trying to tell them about marriage or read a beautiful poem or whatever, um, it's like just pay attention for a minute um, <laughs> because it, <laughs> it'll be meaningful. It'll be meaningful. But that's my uh, my soapbox. I uh, I like that soapbox. I know that I've talked to a lot of couples who are nervous and they get like, I don't know what I'm, you know, what if I, what if I say the words wrong, you know, and like, for some reason, in particular with the wedding, I think again, you were like, Catherine was saying about this performative aspect and that it's like for the other people, you know, or for show that like, if you miss a, you know, miss a word or you stumble over your words or I don't, whatever, you know forget something you know then like somehow the marriage is doomed or something and i don't know why there's so much of that like weird superstition that goes with that or like somehow you've marred the whole day and the yeah. biggest moment like you re- like you really like flubbed it like it it's has like to be like this perfect per- you know it has you have to, to recite it I perfectly know. i mean it's funny I literally and i probably will edit out a little bit of the rambling that everyone <laughs> just missed listening to because because Amy was so enthralled with what Sergio was saying. She forgot what she was going to say. <laughs> right. You know, but, but still, and, and, you know, in the world, it's like the world goes on and it's fine. This podcast isn't ruined because. Right. Right. No, I mean, no. You know, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Somebody had to listen to me stutter for three seconds. God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. yes. <laughs> so we what, forgot, what we that's what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I was asking. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> Sergio get, remembers. Get us back on track. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> no, um, you were talking about you know being the wedding being perfect and people being nervous. Yeah, um, it happens a lot that you know a bride or a groom or whatever party in the wedding is nervous. They're nervous, and I, I always ask before we go out, and I say, "How are you feeling?" And they'll say, "Nervous." And I and I always say, "That's good. You should be nervous." <laughs> you know, this is a big deal. And if you're nervous, it means that you're here. You're paying attention, and you know that what you're about to do is momentous. Um, it's yes. okay to be nervous. That's good. So I I will never say to anybody, "Oh, don't be nervous." Um, I like to validate people's feelings, and if you're uh-huh. feeling nervous, you should pay attention to that. Um, Mm -hmm. And why you're feeling nervous, because this is a big deal. So that's good. And then on the subject of, you know, if I flub a line or if, you know, you know, something happens, it's not going to be perfect anymore. I think one of the problems that we have is that we conflate perfection with sanitization. Um, Mm -hmm. And perfection Mm -hmm. is not lifeless. Um, Life is not life is messy and organic and things happen. And that's what makes it perfect. Um, you know, sanitizing makes it uh, lifeless. Um, you know, that's what you do when you use hand sanitizer. You're killing bacteria, right? Um, yes. So um, <laughs> I don't think that's what we want in our weddings. And so for me, when we're having a ceremony and it's beautiful and everybody's happy and then a baby starts crying, I actually smile. I think that's great. That's a reminder that y- what you are doing is a public act that you are sharing with your community, with the people that mean the most to you, and they're all here, the babies and the grown-ups, and the, you know everybody's here, and look, they're participating, and they get to be a part of this too, and that does not make the wedding not perfect. It makes it, to me, it makes it wonderful. This is exactly why we are starting the Sergio <laughs> Fan Club. Uh, feel free to email us at booking at the com to join said fan club. <laughs> it, it always it always makes me laugh kind of pers- to myself when I'm interviewing or talking with couples, showing them around, and they're always like, so who are these officiants? You know, and I'm always like, you know, I, right. I get a little, because I'm me, I'm always just like, you just got to trust me, you know. But, <laughs> but it also, like, in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking like, Bitch, please, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like you don't even know. You have no idea. You, you have know, the best. I wouldn't set you They're up so with some, some, you know, rinky dink. I mean, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're the best of the best, though. And um, I, you know, honestly, unless you have anything else you guys want to say, I feel like this was. An I awesome just had one one question. Um, I was going to ask. Um, it was actually on our sort of our our, our list of thoughts. We always like to kind of try to cover. But do you, do you have any couples in your mind that stick out to you for any particular reason? You know, good, bad, or I mean, it doesn't matter, good or bad, but like for any reason. Yes, um, it, it's really hard to just think of one couple or one wedding. Um, I have been very fortunate to do so many weddings at the Vow Exchange with people that I've never known before, never met, and people that I'll never see again, but also people who are very close to me, friends, family. Um, and so all, all, a lot of those weddings are very memorable to me. But I, um, in thinking about this, I, there's a couple that came to mind that I, I wanted to share um, because this was, this was really, it really made an, uh, an impression on me. Um, when we first started the the mini weddings, and I think they were called something else, um, walk-in weddings or something like that, um, and it was when we had first started that, and it was a very different idea. I remember when you suggested it and said that you wanted to try this. I thought, well, it sounds like another crazy experiment, uh, <laughs> but sure, whatever. <laughs> Catherine has never failed me yet, and so we'll see. Um, I love that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, so... At the Vow Exchange, I've seen so many different kinds of weddings. I've seen some that look like they're just straight out of a fashion magazine. I've seen, you know, I rem one of my remember is the one where um, all of the the guys were dressed like rockabilly stars, and all the girls were dressed like pinup um, girls. And oh they my all god, how amazing. cute that would be! I don't think I, I was know. at that one. I'll yes. Oh, yes. I know. I remember that bride. Um, yes, all I do. kinds of amazing uh, weddings. Uh, um, the, the full range but this one really st has stuck with me through the years and th when we st started doing the walk-in weddings they were earlier in the day i think and i think we actually started them like at noon or something but like they that. were in the middle of the day yeah mm -hmm. and um I, you know there were a few couples signed up that day and then this couple showed up and they walked in and i thought oh they don't have a whole lot of time to change their clothes um they better hurry up you know um, and then I realized, oh, they're not going to change their no, clothes. Yeah. This is how they're going they're to do their They're here over their lunch wedding. break, yeah. <laughs> um, this couple was there during their lunch break. They both worked at a restaurant. I think he worked the back of the kitchen. She worked the front of the house. Um, their clothes were, you know, grease-stained. They, they looked like they had had a rough morning. Um, and they had chosen to come and have their wedding in the middle of the day. And every time I think about that, it just makes me... It makes me a little emotional because I think that wedding, that wedding is just as significant and meaningful as, you know, um, a royal wedding in England. Um, it's just they're here. They want to be here. They're making a commitment to each other. They want to celebrate the relationship that they have and they're making it they're making it special. Um, and you don't need all of the bells and whistles um, to make it that way. And so to be able to be present for that and for that couple and to make their day special. Um, it's just, it just really has always stuck with me. Oh, I love that story. That's fantastic. I know we have had a couple folks who have gotten married, I think literally over their lunch break because of the time of day that we did those walk-in weddings. And um, yeah, and there have been a few that showed up just in what they were wearing to work that day. And it was um, really remarkable to see 
Um, in fact, one couple, we insisted on taking their picture and they were like, no, that's silly. We're not dressed for a pic. No, like, no, you're going to want to remember this. And we just, you know, asked them to use their phone and we took a snapshot of them and it was just the sweetest thing. That was their wedding day portrait and it's every bit as special. So that's awesome. I love it. Was there anything else you wanted to ask? Yeah, that was a question I forgot to, to bring up. That's a that was a good one. Um, I rem- I think I remember that couple too. Also, you know, one of the things I loved about those walk-in weddings too is that it was the very beginning of it. We um we we would have a couple weddings scheduled, and they would be like all back to back, and we would have this like you know one or two hour window between the first and the last wedding because we really didn't know who was going to come when, and so we would sit on on the stoop and eat. Uh, uh, from, uh, Howard's, Howard's yeah. <laughs> and, and, those ve- and those veggie burgers were so good. We sit out there and it's talk. Lunchtime. Damn it, we always talk about food on this podcast. I know. I'm so it's time for lunch. Yes, um, <laughs> that was fun. It was. Yes, I'm so so <laughs> Yay. happy that Thank you came you so much, to uh, chat with us today. Yes. I hope you had a little bit of fun. And uh, it's all right. Yeah, exactly. Wait a minute. Okay, so we are canceling the Sergio fan club. I'm just kidding. You have to be nice to us all the time, or we're gonna take away the fan club. <laughs> oh my gosh, where did Julia get it? No, I was I'm gonna say teasing. she's just choosing to put it, pull the sunshine behind the clouds. Yeah, right now. I, Sophie, Sophie <laughs> sent this with me lately. She's like, I do not have to smile all the time. I like, love Damn, it. Damn. All right, I know, okay. I know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I do too. I'm with her. I'm like, I can't argue this. This is true. Anyway, um, yeah, this has been really fun. Um, yes. Thank you so much, and and please keep sticking around and helping us marry more people, and uh, keep being our friend mm. if thank you don't you mind. So much. Thank you for having me. I, this has been really fun. Good. All right. Yay! All right. Well, thanks you. Every, thanks you. Thanks you, everyone. Thanks you uh, for being <laughs> for joining us today on ID Rescue as we um, explore the significance of you know your wedding, regardless of its length and its you know involvement. So uh, we definitely you know huge huge thank you to Sergio for joining us and helping to um, share his thoughts as a you know on boots on the ground efficient um, and for us to get an idea of exactly you know what that's like so it was really insightful I loved it so thank you everybody and we will see you next time on ID we'll see you hear you listen to you see you something like that next time (laughs) on ID Rescue (laughs) bye bye now bye bye